Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. The best-selling illustrated Bible for kids and teens, the Action Bible, is now better than ever. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is an interactive Bible specifically created for kids and teens ages 7 to 15. The Faith in Action Edition is designed to engage young readers in God's Word through hundreds of vividly illustrated Bible stories in chronological order with activities and games. Readers will grow in God's Word by using QR codes, providing free access to over 2,000 devotionals, hundreds of prayers, character stories, teaching videos, maps, timelines, and much more. Additionally, the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition allows readers to explore the major themes of the Bible like courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. Each theme provides practical advice on how to live out God's Word. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is the best interactive Bible you can purchase for your child or teen. Purchase your copy today at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful devotional and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. We are going to talk about setting your struggling student up for learning success. And my special guest tonight is Don Spence. Um, Don is a homeschooling mom to her three children. She has a son in high school and twin daughters in junior high. And she's been married to her husband, David, for 17 years. Don is Sped Homeschool's teaching manager, uh, homeschool speaker, and a coordinator at her local co-op. Um, and Don is a dear friend of mine. We have known each other for many years and worked together at Sped Homeschool. I remember when we met. So <laughs> Don came up to a booth that I was running at a homeschool conference and she was about ready to quit. <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> you How have a lot of encouragement later? to share. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on and, and have you back on the show. Well, thanks for having me. And I do remember that. I remember being in tears going, I don't know what I'm doing. And here, here we are. Like what, 10, 11, 12 years later, yeah. I, I lost count. And it's... um. It's been a journey for sure. It is. It is a journey. And I think that's a good thing to point out because we often think we, we have to arrive 
before we can really do anything good. And, um, and yet there's so many things that we can learn along the way. And, and we, we've never perfected it. Even now that I'm done homeschooling, I feel like there's so many things that I could have done differently, <laughs> but it's what I had. And, and that's what you, you just use what you got. And exactly. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about setting up your student for learning success. And I know a lot of you are starting your homeschool years right now. And maybe you feel like, I don't know what I need to do to set up my child for success. I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) Well, Don's great. Um, So you used to work in the public school system in the special education field and then came home. Um, And I know we've had a lot of discussions about this, but did you have you been prepared for everything that's come at you um, in homeschooling <laughs> your, your kids because you were a teacher? <laughs> no. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I was a public school teacher for 10 years and did all these things. And you think, oh, I'll be great at every situation that comes at me. And then you're like, nope. And, <laughs> and then you're like, okay. And uh, I know with my daughter's stuff, uh, I've started doing clipboards and stuff for her. And it's just been the last couple of years I've learned how to rotate things where I can continually, um, I guess, retouch subjects that she may have a hard time with. And then, um, but then put the new stuff in there. So, I mean, I think we're always learning, right? Just like as our kids are. So, um, even when we think we have it done, then like we're, oh, that didn't work and do it again tomorrow. So even the seasoned yeah, school moms are still out there learning. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. And it it just seems like we we need to just keep learning ourselves to to keep up with our kids. And and that's OK. We just learn as we you know, we go along and catch things from these podcasts, broadcasts, I learned so many things from my guests on this show. And, um, it, you know, I'm just glad that this information is getting out there. Um, cause it's, it's information I never had. And, um, just to be able to empower new homeschoolers with, um, just various information that, that may be helpful. It may not, you know, this, this podcast may not be for you or broadcast. Um, but it may just be hitting a point where right where you're at to answer the questions you need. And um, we do have some viewers on live. I see that you're there. Um, and, and so if you want to um, post questions, comments while we're going along, um, we would love to address those as we're going through the show to invite people too. if you feel like um, they're, they're just diving into this new school thing, or they came back to another school year and they're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Um, let us just be an encouragement to them as well. Um, so, so yeah, Don, why don't you share just a little bit about your, your story of um, coming into homeschooling and, um, and so our viewers can get to know a little bit about, about that story and about you and your family. Well, I was a 10-year uh, public school teacher. I taught second, third, fourth, and then I taught PPCD, and then I taught children with autism. And I just thought, once I have my children, I'm going to take them to school with me and everything's going to be great. <laughs> Then I had my twins and I have one daughter, especially who needs extra um, time for me, extra, both medical and and learning. And I just knew it was not going to be a match. Um, It's fun. I thought, you know, I 
taught kids in my classroom who came in and they're like, oh, my mom homeschooled me for the past three years and they knew nothing. And I was like, I am never homeschooling. That is ridiculous. These kids don't know any, you know, but it all depends on how you do it. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm very serious about it. I write lesson plans and you don't even have to be as serious as me. Some people wake up the next morning and they're like, okay, we're going to learn about choo-choo trains today. And that's what they do. And that's great. I don't rule that way probably because of my teaching background, but um, it was a foreign concept to me. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to do this. And then like just seeing what my children needed, I was like, right. Knowing what the special ed had to offer it. And it's not their fault. From that side of what you were even able to do for your students. There are amazing special needs teachers out there, special education teachers. I do not knock the profession at all, but it's what the school districts and um, just the monies allow you to do that you can't always do the things that these children need. You have to use the programs that they want. You have to do things that they, you know, they desire for you to do. And that doesn't meet the kids needs that, you know, we're supposed to be doing IEPs where we're doing individualized and you can't do that when your hands are tied. And that's what I, I knew going in that my daughter was very neurodivergent. She didn't learn the same way that everybody did, but I I knew she was smart. And I just Mm. knew that if we kept going, we would find what worked for her. And um, that's why we were like, Oh, we'll just take it a year at a time. That was pre K, great, and now they're in ninth. Yep, and now they're in ninth grade. So, you know, (laughs) once it started, got a cute. You know, I felt like, oh, okay, it's going to get better and better, and it has. Um, Some years have been harder than others, um, but um, in the end, I wouldn't give it up back for anything. Just having that time with my kids and getting to know them as people, right as that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so both Dawn and her husband were, or it, your husband still is a public school teacher. Yes. And I know a lot of people think that, you know, it just, it's so weird, but there are so many public school educators, administrators that homeschool their own kids. And it's a lot has to do with when I've talked to others, it, they've mm-hmm. seen, just the dysfunction and they don't want their children to be in that, that system that they know they could do better at home. Um, So, so yeah, but so oftentimes we think those are, those are the people that, you know, they're, they're going to be great. Their, their kids get all the advantages, you know, in, in school. And yet just the the testimony of, yeah, homeschooling is, was our choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because you think, uh, you know, I'm an educator and all this, but then some things I had to learn how to unschool my brain because my kiddos weren't going to learn the traditional way. And, you know, so I had to put myself out of that schooling box and try to put myself in the homeschooling. And um, it is different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about creating a lifelong learner. Um, instead of just trying to push through the the year to year to year, let's get into the, you know let's finish this year, let's go into the next year. Um, but it it's much more of a a continuous process, is what I right. found with my my kids. You know, you 
wherever they're at in this subject is wherever they're going, you know, <laughs> for the next year in that subject. Right. Um, just... And there's a lot of discontinuity in grade levels. I mean, we were talking ahead of the um, broadcast on was saying, you know, she just does some testing for her kids and found, <laughs> you know, just the same thing. And you just teach to where they're at. And mm -hmm. then you just keep moving on with wherever their, their pace is and, and um, their level. And, and that's okay. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. The best-selling illustrative Bible for kids and teens, the Action Bible, is now better than ever. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is an interactive Bible specifically created for kids and teens ages 7 to 15. The Faith in Action Edition is designed to engage young readers in God's Word through hundreds of vividly illustrated Bible stories in chronological order with activities and games. Readers will grow in God's Word by using QR codes, providing free access to over 2,000 devotionals, hundreds of prayers, character stories, teaching videos, maps, timelines, and much more. Additionally, the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition allows readers to explore the major themes of the Bible like courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. Each theme provides practical advice on how to live out God's Word. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is the best interactive Bible you can purchase for your child or teen. Purchase your copy today at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon. Hello, I'm Carol McCracken, and I'd like to invite you to join me and our team on the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. This podcast examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm excited to tell you about the new series the host team will share with you during this season of Lent. Each episode will be a journey to the cross. We will follow Jesus through some of his most significant steps in the Gospels, focusing on a particular verse as we always do. It'll be a progressive series. Join us daily as we follow Jesus doing what he was born to do to save us all. You can find us on Life Audio or whatever you listen to podcast content on. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. So I know we're going to talk about five specific topics um, that all kind of center around just setting up um, your school, your, um, your planning, your... Um, even kind of just your thought patterns. <laughs> exactly. And it, um, and so um, let's dive into the first one about okay. pre-planning breaks and outings. Um, I have found like in the beginning when they were little, it was easy to just go on field trips like, okay, we're just going to table everything for a day and let's go on a field trip. And um, it was much easier. But when you get up in the upper grades and you're like, yes. oh, you know, we go to a co-op and they have those things that are due that I sit down during the summer and I actually take the, you know, my husband's schedule and our schedule and I try to plan breaks in there. Um, they get their birthdays off. Um, you know, that's something that we've done since they've been, since we've started homeschooling is that, um, and if their birthday falls on the weekend, they get to choose the day before or the day after. 
And um, so it's just a, a nice time to let them be celebrated because, you know, you're, yes. they're only going to be with you for so long. And it's like, what's one day right. to, um, to do that? And um, like uh, when my husband has days off, we take days off because that's, you know, I don't want us to, you know, that's our family time for us to be right. able to do things. And um, so I kind of start... I kind of just look at the whole year and kind of plan it out. And then I know, okay, and then maybe this day we're going to do two lessons, but this day we're not going to do anything and plan yeah. some fun things over the holidays, some ministries that we do. I plan those into our, to our time. So then when, if illnesses or things come up, I have some time to borrow from as well oh, so that yeah. I don't feel so overwhelmed. Like, Oh, we didn't get this done. Right. So um, I'm a global thinker. I'm a visual planner. So that helps mm-hmm. me. It may not help everybody, but I feel like sitting down and getting a whole plan allows you to think about your direction and what you're wanting. Yes. Yeah. I think, think that is true for a lot of people. And even if it, you know, you just have kind of ideas um, mm-hmm. if you're not one of those really meticulous planners, but you kind of have a feeling of, you know, well, in this, you know, month, w- we should be doing this or we should right. we should be going these places because this is, you know, probably a better time period, you know, as far as the weather and, you know, all of all of those things you take into consideration. Um and and also like with co-ops, like you said, there's there's other influences coming in, especially as your kids get older. They're involved right. in so many things that those tend to overtake your schedule as well. And um, so just a lot to think about with. Um, so do you have any favorites of where your family goes and likes to do as far as those outings activities? Um, well, I hope. At some point, this weather gets cooler because I would <laughs> yeah. like to get out of the house. We both live in southern Texas. So, yes, it's been in the hundreds for a month. It's awful. <laughs> so, yeah. yes. Like, <laughs> oh, goodness, are we ever going to get some rain? But um, right. I like to do uh, what I've tried to do in the past. Um, haven't um, been as successful since COVID. That kind of changed things a lot um, right. just because everything kind of got I don't know. It just changed things, even though we're past that, just like the the field trips and things, but try to involve things around what we're learning. Um, I would love to probably uh, this year we're doing U.S. history and uh-huh. um, we're not able to travel as much as I would like. Um, but being out, you know, getting out, seeing things, going to museums, trying to involve all that. I tried to do, um, there's a lot of virtual museums. Even if you can't get there, Mm -hmm. you can pull them up and look, um, try to pull some things in like that. Um, our, we have a local group and they do a lot of like, um, going to crocodile encounter or or just, you know, Mm. sometimes just getting out and going, I don't care what it is. We need to (laughs) Yeah. Like, even sometimes it's like Dave and Buster's is half price on Wednesday. Let's go, you know, just getting out and doing something different where they're like, when they're looking at you with the deer in the headlight look, you're like, yeah, it's time. It's Mm -hmm. time for a break. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get to know that over time as, as a homeschool mom, just, okay. And, and I think when, when you push it, 
it just, yeah, everything just, it's catastrophic. So you kind of learn over time. Now we don't push it. it, We just really need a break. (laughs) I had a, um, a seasoned homeschool mom tell me, you know, that you're going to wake up on those mornings and things are just not looking good. She like the way you wake (laughs) your children up is just not looking good. She's like, the biggest thing is that you make sure that their, their attitude or what's going on with them doesn't dictate what you do. But you said in your mind, okay, mom has decided that today we're just going to do a movie day. And uh, I remember when they were young, I was like, okay, documentary day, you know, just because right. I knew it was going to be a rough day. But she was, she gave me a word of advice. She was like, but you're still the one that's leading the day. And so that the kids learn to follow your authority, but you yes. also know when to give grace. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Cause yes, if they, they wake up, they have a bad attitude. They'll think, Oh, if I have a bad attitude every day, mm-hmm. this is going to, but if you, I love how you turn that around and said, you know, I've decided that today, you know, and it's, so it's not, it's not based on their behavior, but you bring it from your own perspective and say, yeah, this is just a wise decision for us today. <laughs> right. You've all had, and even I have those days. Um, funny story. One of those days, uh, I'm glad that we did that because our dishwasher caught on fire and I was, <laughs> I was able to go, wait, what's going on? Oh, wait, we were in the living room, just watching a documentary came back and I'm like, oh, okay, our dishwasher's on fire. So it was a perfect oh. documentary day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. God had pre-planned that, that you just needed to yeah. down <laughs> to be in a down place before that happened. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times though, we get, you know, that fear starts bubbling up inside mm-hmm. of us that, oh man, but if I miss a day, then, you know, my schedule is going to be off or my child's going to get further behind. Um, how have you dealt with that? And, um, you know, kind of in the back and forth with, I, we just can't like keep pressing forward all the time either. Yeah. We've had years where it's been rougher than others. And, um, sometimes just looking and saying, okay, this is why we homeschool. Right. And if we have to do some of this over the summer to help us be in a better place right now, and then that's what we have to do. And maybe giving myself look at the, the goals for the week and say, okay, what is realistic? Yeah, um, that's good. What are some things? How can I, you know, move this around a little bit to get the gist of what I need, or do we have to do all 50 points of history? No, <laughs> right. we can come back and do like, okay, so we just do the map today. We read the lesson and we just do the map. Okay, fair enough. We still yeah. cover the material. So allowing yourself to like ease up when you need it. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times we do, we do have lofty goals and, mm-hmm. but again, going back to what is necessary, what's going to accomplish the goal um, and do we have to do it full tilt all the time in order to make our children the best learners? No. No. Yeah. That, that's just going to stress us all out and our kids are going to start shutting down, which I know we've, we've heard many stories as parents have called in, you know, to, to sped homeschool. Don has worked the booth with me at many conferences. And, you know, we mm-hmm. talk to those parents that are like just burnt out. They're ready to send their kids back to school. And you, you narrow it down most of the time. It's because 
they're trying to push too hard a right. child who really just needs to go at their own pace and and just take it one day at a time and how how much can they learn and yeah and I mean, I think back to being in public school, I had all these things that I was supposed to teach in a week and it didn't always happen. Right. Um, and I would just do the best that I could and, you know, and then the rest of it would just have to kind of wait and, or just do like a, a quick review or find a video about that thing that I was supposed to teach and like, okay, there we go. And we move on, you know, yes, so exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's real. That's just life. That's just reality. And so giving yourself that freedom to say, okay, this is what I need to do, but this is realistic. And how can I meet in the middle of those things? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point to, to bridge into our next topic and that's easing into the school year. Um, and can you address what that really looks like and then, um, then why, um, or maybe some examples of how that's really made a difference in your homeschooling, um, as you've done that? Well, I think like in the beginning, I was like, oh, we have to do 15 subjects in one day because we are starting <laughs> day. And I'm like, who does this? Even in public school, what am I thinking? Right. Like, so then like, okay, so this week we're going to do this. Maybe we do two days the first week and just kind of, you know, do a little bit of history and go get breakfast. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's something we've always done is like, go to Chick-fil-A and get breakfast or have a lunch that first day to kind of just be, okay, we're just kind of easing into school, take pictures, you know, just have the fun stuff. And then the next week I'm like, I don't have to go on gung ho. Like we won't do math until the third week, you know, just kind of ease in your subjects instead of like going full throttle because they're not gonna, it's just, it's, I don't know. I learned the hard way that it was like being overwhelmed the first day of school and they're already going, I don't want to go back. (laughs) And it's homeschool. I'm like, right. You live here, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why do this to yourself? So I've learned over the years to be like, okay, we don't even touch spelling till the third week or something like that. Or maybe the first, you know, even when we do math, maybe we do it two days a week and then we kind of ease into things. So just letting yourself ease into those things. Um, I know a lot of parents who only do certain subjects on certain days and you can start that out at the beginning of your school year and kind of just um, set that, you know, set that stage at the very beginning. But I, from from all the stuff that I've done in the past, I will never do full throttle again. I learned the very hard way. Not. We're always going to ease into school. <laughs> so what have you let determine what you start with? Does it have to do with the amount of coursework involved? What your kids like? What what has kind of set the or standard? Or is it just kind of different every year? I think it's different every year. I usually start with our history because there's usually so many lessons that oh, we yeah. need to get mm-hmm. through. And so it kind of start out with that. And maybe that's all that and Bible may be the only thing we do for mm-hmm. like the first week or so. And then just start 
adding things. Like I know when my kids were younger, instead of just going right into grammar, we would do Mad Libs at the beginning of the school year just to oh, review yeah. nouns and pronoun, you know, pronouns and do it in a fun way. Um, have them, you know, when they were younger, they had a, you know, they could decorate their folder, you know, just, right. I don't know, make it where it's a little bit more inviting. It is harder as they get older when you're like, okay, we have algebra one, algebra two, chemistry, physical science. Let's make this, you know, trying to make that right. fun is a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they, as they get older too, we kind of transition them into kind of taking over their own thing. And what I've, what I did with my kids kind of at that age was we, you know, I said, well, this is what you got for the whole week. Now, what, mm-hmm. how would this be manageable for you to get this done? Um, and then they can look at it and go, oh, well, you know, if I got that and that, I, I want, or maybe they sometimes wanted to get done with what they didn't want to do first. And so then they right. could kind of ease through the rest of the week or, they just got done with the fun stuff first and then had to trudge through the rest of the week. And they kind of just learned for themselves. I know my daughter just started college. I was telling Don this before she started college on Monday, all online classes. And of course she's given her whole week assignment. Actually one paper was due two weeks out. She was a little overwhelmed by getting all of this work like on the same day. But once she realized, Oh, the due dates were, you know, further out, then she could kind of, you know, ease into that and, but, right. We, we do that yeah. too. We do um, a clipboard. I put their stuff for the whole week oh, on okay. a clipboard. Yeah. Um, I got new ones this year that actually held paper and pencils and it was like, okay, this is much better. But so I let them choose like, okay, so, you know, my son is working and doing baseball now, so he'll do school at night you know, which is fine. I don't care as long as he gets it Especially done. Especially for a teenager. They, they, they're they right. so much more productive in the evening. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, so this is what you have to do for the week. When do you want to get it done? You know, there's certain right. things that they still check in with me about. Um, but um, that just kind of gives them that autonomy to be able to pick and choose and figure right. things out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And even my other daughter that needs me more. I'm like, okay, these are the things that we need to do. Which one do you want to do first? You know, um, having them have some like authority or decisions over what they're going to learn when you're still winning because you're, they're still in, still doing what you need them to do. Right. But they're also having some say in it is a good way to do it as well. Absolutely. Yes. You just can, control the amount of choices and the choices are all things you want them to do anyways. And so, but, but it, it does feel empowering to say, Oh, I want to do this instead of that. And they're all good decisions. And, Mm -hmm. and so good, that's great. Let's do that. And yeah. So what about um, developing traditions um, for the start of your school year? You know, just, I, I'm sure you didn't have any to start out with, um, because you were just starting, but you know, as you continue homeschooling, it, it can be monotonous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I remember the year of my kids, they were just it, like became a way of life in our home, homeschooling. Right. And, and then it can just be kind of expected. So I love that you wanted to talk about creating traditions for the start of the homeschool year. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so like, like I said, like going out to eat and, or having a special meal, um, as a celebration. So, um, also, um, 
I have, you know, their first day pictures, which as I've gotten older, they really love them. Oh, really? No, no. no. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, them. I never did them. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my high school kiddos, I have them wear a t-shirt. I buy them a t-shirt at the beginning of the year of their freshman year. And they wear that for all their pictures. So kind of see them grow through the four years. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, setting up the fact that they're going to have um, their birthdays off. That's a tradition that we've done mm-hmm. um, on their clipboards this year. I did some word art and I put their name and who they were like um, oh, that they're, neat. you know, an encourager. They're kind. They're, you know, making that. And then I got them. Sometimes I get them um, Bible study books, journals, um, mm-hmm. new art supplies, just something to make that part, you know, um, just to having the new. When they were real little, I got I went over to Michael's and got a box and I put all their new stuff in there. Oh, and yeah. um, but now they're older, they're like they just want, you know nice Tigeronda pencils and things that, you know, right. like, um, but like getting them a bookmark with the spiritual meeting for the, for the year. Um, I usually, uh, usually becomes like our word or hmm. our, you know, our focus for the year. Um, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we've done. Um, sometimes getting together with friends to kind of celebrate the beginning of the school year when we're able to do that. Um, So just making it more fun and not so we're starting school and we're in this for the next eight months. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. And just grin and bear it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Those little things. And, and especially if they're spontaneous or they're, untypical from like the last year, you know, just a a little slight difference. It, it changes the whole environment in your home and how your kids are doing school. And yeah, there's, there's just a whole lot of power in that change. And I think we, cause we can get in a lot of ruts and when you can pop out of that rut for just a little while, it's like everybody takes a breath of air, you know, and it's like, Oh, this is a new way to do school or, you know, and it doesn't have to be big like you were talking about too. It can be just little things like that, but just to add in that creativity, that spontaneity um, and, and just make it fun. Celebrate your kids. I, I love that you do that. And you do that a lot, Don. Um, can you, Talk about some of the ways that you've celebrated like successes. Um, Cause I know a lot of times our kids have little successes, you know, not the huge big ones. A lot of times we have to be so um, careful to, to observe them, but what are some of the things that you have done to celebrate those successes with your kids and when they've hit goals and other things like that? Um, I think like um, certificates has been one of the things which th- that can speak to some kids and other work, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Knowing your kids love language kind of helps. Like, yeah. do they, do they, you know, if the words don't mean anything, then, then you might as well just, you know, that's not going to mean anything to them. But like, um, I have like, if there's something that they've been wanting and they've worked really hard that I don't have a problem with them earning, um, something, um, just like when we would do a project at work and we get 
we get through with it. We get a big paycheck. So it's kind of right. like, like the bonus. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a bonus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I'm trying to think my brain is, I think in the beginning of the school year as well, uh, <laughs> uh, but just, you know, for my one daughter, it's, uh, I just tell her like, just encouraging her how smart she is and showing her like, I'll pull out old stuff and I'm like, look what you did then. And look oh, what yes. you did now. Uh-huh. Even my, um, her twin daughter, my, her twin sister yesterday said, mom, look at my, my handwriting from last year. Cause we used the same notebook. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. I only used half of it. Uh-huh. And she's like, look at my handwriting last year to this year. And I'm like, well, it's amazing. So just, you know, pointing out those things and, um, you know, just tell, I mean, I try to tell them all the time. I try to do a lot of words like you, you know, you're, you're smart because I think I don't care if we homeschool our kids or not hard things sometimes are, are, you know, whether they have learning disabilities or not, whether we can be the most powerful cheerleaders in their life, sometimes yes. they're still going to be hard on themselves yeah. and um, that is just true. encouraging them, showing them, you know, sometimes you just show them on paper, look where you're at. That's amazing. Right. I mean, you think you're not doing well, but you're doing amazing. I showed that to my daughter today with her testing. I'm like, you're like, like on a college level for some of this stuff, you need to <laughs> like, you are so smart, you know, and just because they have a weakness in the area. I think sometimes we have to really over accentuate the stuff that they're so good with. Yes. They they will know that, you know, just because you can't do, you have a hard time with this doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing many things, you know? So just really encouraging pointing out things. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like, I didn't do it this last year, but like for think, you know, for Valentine's day, putting up uh, words and hearts on their, on their walls. Wow. I've taken mm-hmm. their names and put them into Bible verses when they've really struggled with things. So I've done things like mm-hmm. that. Just, um, my husband usually writes them. We didn't do it this year. We've had a lot of going on, but he usually I writes them a note <laughs> and puts it in their notebooks. So like Aww. a beginning thing, of we've done like what their names mean and what that, you know, what that means for their life. Cause that does shape who you are. It does. Uh, yeah. So those are some examples. Yeah. Th- those are great. And it, it's being purposeful in what you're doing versus just, you know, checking the boxes, but it's really being intentional and paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but those types of things, they set your kids up, you know, the word that I was thinking of as you were talking is this perseverance. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of times we do need that encouragement from people who love us to persevere because we do kind of feel like giving up. And especially for our kids that struggle, um, it just feels like the world's coming at them. And the more that you're their cheerleader, like you had said, um, the more they feel like, yeah, I can do this, you know, and they, they can start talking to themselves with, from that side versus the, oh, I'm just dumb and I can't always do this. And, and you know, those things go through their head and we, we want to counteract them as much as we can with, like you say, words of truth and, and words of encouragement and words of love, because that's really what they need. 
and and hopefully those scripts will start to stick, you know, right. and for them to realize that that is the truth about you. You know, right. the other things are just lies. Right. Yeah. All right. And just and giving them impactful ways to look at themselves and um, just sometimes just changing, uh, just sitting down with them and going, OK, so how, you know, even during a lesson when they're so frustrated, how can we make this better? You know, letting them start advocating for themselves and using their voices is is super empowering as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, we were going to talk about goals too, um, and about what we can do to kind of prepare to to teach to those goals, help our students reach those goals. What have you found to be um, helpful for you in that process? Um, for my daughter, who I do an IP, uh, that has been super impactful for me um, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in people are so good to tell us all the things that we can't do that we have to sit back and look at all the things that we can do and all the yeah. ways that we've improved and what we have uh, gotten better at. And so I think IEPs where you sit down and you do their present level of performance and you're like, wow, you know, look how far that they have come and uh, what the next step is. So I think mm -hmm. for my, my daughter who, who needs IEP that has been um, really helpful to just help me see what the next goal is and also know how far she's coming. Um, right. I think with, with my other kiddos, just um, figuring out what they need for that year. And I kind of already know what's going to be hard for them before they even say anything. I don't say right. anything because I know, but I don't want to feed into that, you know, because that's a good you know, point. Yes, exactly. I know yeah. this is going to be tough for them, but I'm going to not say that, but I'm going to figure out how to help them in that. And um, so kind of knowing that you're going to have to help out a little bit more in this subject or um, get them. There was those really cool. I don't know. I picked up a couple off of a, a clearance where it's a notebook and then you do a QR code and then the notes on that notebook become, you can make note cards out of it Oh, really or review. Cool. And um, I'm just reminding myself that I need to get that out because I was like, that's going to be really good for science. And when you're starting to learn, learn all the languages and all those things. And um, right. Partly with my goals is I'm very eclectic. So whatever doesn't work for one kiddo, that's okay. Cause I, I try to find other things that'll work. So right. having many tools in your toolbox in case something doesn't work. Um, yes. So, cause I mean, not even in your three, if you know, I have three kids, not everything worked equally for them. Or didn't work for me. I started teaching it and I'm like, yeah. I don't like this program. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not going to teach it well. Oh, so, yes. I had a couple just, of those too. Let me Open just the boxes. Like, oh, no. Nope. <laughs> but on Facebook Marketplace, brand new. <laughs> you yes. know, like, I'm not doing this. So, um, so though, you know, knowing what you want and what they need that's kind of how you can set up your goals is like, okay, if I know that 
for example, math is going to be hard. I'm going to pick something. My goal should be to find a way for them to learn that matches what they need. Right. Um, it maybe doesn't have to be like a specific, like I want them to learn whatever, but you know, I've even talked to one of my friends lately and it's like, I had a learning disability that I didn't deal with till I was in college and I never memorized my, my uh, multiplication facts. And I still, you know, struggle with them sometimes. And I'm the age that I am and I have two degrees and, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing just fine. And I'm like, okay, so if my goal is for her to understand what math is, or is my goal to frustrate her to learn the facts? So you right. have to sit back and go, okay, big Point. picture mm-hmm. here. Right. Mm-hmm. If you know what multiplication is and they can draw it out and they can get it however they need to, then that should be fine because not everybody is going to sit and memorize things. It's just, it's not how everybody's brain operates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can push it and you can keep working you know, just step by step where they're Mm -hmm. at, but don't slow them down so much that mentally you're back, you know, years behind where they, where their, their brain could function in that subject, just because you're not allowing whatever supports that they need to get there. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's a great point to make because um, we, we can have goals for those things, but, mm-hmm. but when goals get in the way of success that are, we're hindering uh, like bigger, bigger picture goals, then, right. then we have to think, why am I setting this goal? I know the same thing was with my, my oldest son. He didn't read for the longest time. So we gave him audiobooks because my goal was not that he would read at grade level. My goal was that he would love books. You right. know, and so there's there's the difference, and it's what you were talking about too. It, you know, do we want them to have a mathematical mind to think about these concepts to be able to understand them, or do we want them to be back in you know the rote memory and and call that math because they're really going to hate math? <laughs> right, you're going to make it so laborious. They're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and and especially like you try different ways and you do fun things and they still don't work, then you know that it's okay. Just have to figure out that that is, that it, that goal needs a side goal. And then just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can we go back to the IEPs for just a little while? Um, Yeah. So maybe parents aren't familiar with an individualized education plan. Um, First of all, they can find a copy on spedhomeschool.com. If you go to our free downloads, you can get a free download. That's one I know Don uses. She helped kind of design a little bit of that, added some extra signature lines on that. Um, Because you do, you set that up in the past. You've done it with um, people that you co-teach with, your therapists and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so, so how, what are the sections in an IEP and how are each of those helpful in setting up kind of your your overall picture of what you're going to do and then also measuring progress over the year too. Right. So like, I think like the first section is like any testing that's been done um, because sometimes like 
um, any testing that you can do, especially with your therapist, they're going to have goals in there and you can incorporate those goals into your IP. So you're not having to reinvent the wheel. You can just use some of the goals that they have. And then you're, you know, you're collaborating and working together. Um, I think like the present level of performance, like how they're doing, what they're really well at. Um, I use that section two to write about the past goals and how they've done with that. So kind of give a recap of Mm -hmm. um, these were their goals last year. They like exceeded them or, you know, you know, and it's okay. Like I know we're taught in public school. Oh, we do never repeat a goal. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't pass it, then just, Excellent and go on to something else, but that's not life, right? Right. If exactly. we didn't learn, <laughs> if we didn't learn how to count by money last year, that's okay. We just pick it up and we mm-hmm. go on, and maybe we modify the goal. Maybe our goal was too lofty, or we didn't give right. enough support. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you know, if we went back and modified it a little bit, then it became more attainable. Right. Um, And then, you know, you can put in there, like, what they need as far as supports. Like, do they need um, audiobooks? Do they need an iPad? You know, what type of things do they need? And um, I know you and I have talked, and it was, you know, you can create a goal for everything and anything. Absolutely. (laughs) And their goal banks have already preset. And we we have all that listed. And when you, you actually download our our IEP template will email you every date and walk you through each of these sections now mm-hmm. with links to help you with each section and things other people have written, things we've written on our website. Um, and so you, you'll have tons of help in filling this document out. Yeah. And it, you know, and it helps because like if you end up going to SSI for your kids who are older and, and um, need to get on disability, they're going to ask for documents and then you already have them created. And um, that's one of the reasons why I have like all for therapists kind of sign on is that it's not just a parent document. It's a document where a lot of professionals are involved um, and, you know, in, in this education. Um, I kind of limit it to three goals. I think that's pretty Typical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and you, you can really you, focus on more than that. No. And, you know, even if you, if your kiddo has more behaviors and educational behavior goals are, are a perfect way to, um, mm-hmm. to help them out. Um, if there's a certain behavior that they need focused on, then, I mean, that's a great IEP goal that, um, you know, and I think like when they're older, they actually go to their ARD meetings, you know, the annual review and dismissal where they sit and talk about the IAP goals and things like that. So as I get older, you can even buy them into that system. Like, okay, what are your goals and what are some, you know, cause I mean, kids know, you know, a lot of kids know these are the things that I really want to work on. My daughter really wanted to work on reading mm-hmm. and, she expressed that to me. So I'm like, okay, well then that's, that's what I need to do because that's mm-hmm. what you want. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like you talked about, you know, some years have been harder than others and it just happens when mm-hmm. you have those goals written and before you, you know, if, if everything has to be scrapped, 
and we can only have a little time for school, you know exactly what you need to do because right. the goals are the, the top priority things. And, right. and so it just helps you to, to kind of reprioritize when, when things in life cause you to have to reprioritize and, and throw out all the other things. Um, yeah. And the other point I wanted to make too about IEPs, I know a lot of parents say, oh, that just sounds like a lot of work. Um, you're creating a historic record and we've talked about this many times on our show, but you never know when you're going to need that historic record to advocate for your child or if they're going to need that to advocate for themselves. Um, there's just so many instances like Don was talking about SSI, not all Social Security offices require an IEP for assistance, but many do. And right. across the board, and it's it's just kind of like it just pops up here or there. I've I've I started hearing about it in Texas when I was working for the Texas Homeschool Coalition years ago. And since then I've interviewed people from other states and they said it's the same way across all 50 states. So um, it just depends on the office and if they ask for it or not. And some parents have to go back and recreate those documents. And that is even worse than right. just sitting down for those couple minutes and just doing that. Um, so, so just something to think about if you're going, oh no, just something else. <laughs> and you know what, if you don't want to do it till, um, I know one year my daughter was sick and I didn't get, normally it was in like September and then this past year it got pushed back to October. It's like, if you have to push yourself a month back, then you push yourself a month back. There's no hard, fast, dead way that you have to do it, but just gives your, um, schooling and, you know, if you're year round schooling anyway, which we do to do some stuff in the summer, I'm going to be working on them say the same goals during the summer that I do during the school year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got about 10 minutes left and I know you want to end on an encouraging note. Um, so what do you want to tell our community about just taking it as it comes, relaxing and just what, what they've been given is enough. Yeah. I met with um, a, a, a mom from our church that's just starting out her journey and just encouraging her that, um, you know, so many times people tell us, Oh, you can't homeschool your special needs child. You don't have that. You don't have the education. You don't have all that. And it's like, well, I taught my child how to go to the bathroom, how to brush their teeth, right. how yeah. to get dressed, how to, you know, function in life. And I mean, those life skills are the same teaching you're going to use it at everything else. Right. Now, if you need some community to help you, uh, you know, if you need some, like some other people to come along with you to do a co-op or whatever to, you know, that you know that your child needs that, then I would say get involved. But, you know, you have the tools already inside of you to do what it takes. And um, yeah. if you mess, you know, if it gets messy and you have a bad day, then you just, table it and go outside and blow bubbles and then start over the next day. <laughs> That's great. Yes. That's so true. Because <laughs> there's some days that are just, you know, I've, I've literally <laughs> gone and go, if that school bus would just come by, I might shove a child on there. I mean, we're all going to feel that way. I mean, I, I don't know. know any mom that hasn't, but right. then you think, but I don't really want that. At the end of the day, yes. I don't want that for my child. I want mm -hmm. them here with me. Mm -hmm. I want 
because even their hardest day at my house is going to be nothing compared to their hardest day when somebody's with them that doesn't love them right. like I do. Mm-hmm. And that they can have that meltdown in a safe place right. and, and know that, yeah, it's, they're, they're still safe and that school, school's not the most important thing in life. Um, their, you know, their heart for God is they and um, us mentoring them and to make wise decisions in the world and to, you know, there's just so much more. And, um, and like you said, we, we all have those days. And but we we have to remember, wh- why did we start this in the first place? And I, I think I remember, I don't remember who I had the conversation with. But you know, you have to go back to, you know, what was my main purpose in starting to homeschool and will that serve the purpose? And, you know, you, you answer that question basically right off the bat. <laughs> no, it, it may take care of something temporarily, but it, it's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. And, just sitting and, you know, sitting with your kids and, you know, walking through them with things, praying with them through things that, um, you know, I love the fact that my kids still come and talk with me and, um, you know, that's invaluable, but it's because I know who they are. I have invested my, my time Mm -hmm. in them. I know how they learn. I know how they feel. I know how they think. I know what bothers them. And, um, you know, and I saw something on Facebook the other day, like how many hours we get with our kids because we homeschool. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, I think just knowing your kids and being able to sit and, you know, in the wintertime, we put the fire in the fireplace and we sit in the living room and we homeschool around the fireplace. That's very valuable to me, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. having that time of, you know, I don't know, just being that family and it's not always perfect and it's not always pretty. And um, we watched family camp last night and I, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, no, but uh-uh. and, uh, and it says it's, it's messy, but it's worth it. You know, and that's <laughs> what it boils down to. There's going to be days that are messy. Right. And don't yeah, and, go the right way. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that messy learning that we do, a um, little off off of that topic, but that's what my kids remember. You know, right. they don't remember the days when I got everything on my to-do list done. <laughs> you know, they remember the day we made a fort and we all stayed in the fort for the entire day and did school, you know, in, in, in cozy under blankets, you know, in Minnesota when it was like below zero outside and, um that's that's the learning they remember and when we reenacted something and you know and it was messy in my house there was stuff everywhere but but they enjoyed that it wasn't that oh yeah we got our work book page done and you know all was happy in their in our little world <laughs> so yeah I, you know it's fun. i bring up my old folks uh, Facebook memories and it's like I remember when the year we did anatomy and we built the cell out of jello and um <laughs> you know I kind of miss we don't sometimes we don't get to do that as they get older as, as they much. get older you don't yeah and uh, I miss that part so enjoy that part because it's it's 
it it doesn't last forever, but it's some of my best memories is like we studied about knights and I had the kids went to the Dollar Tree and they had, you know, the armor and we had swords and we sort of fought and, you know, and uh, building castles out of Legos or yes. we did the, the layers of the earth and Rice Krispies. I mean, I, you know, all of that fun stuff, right. I would just encourage you um, have fun with it because it will go by so quickly. And like, if there's something, you know, fun or something in the world going on, like the, you know, there's an eclipse or whatever, take right. the time to go outside and Absolutely. teach your kids about that. And, you know, there's somebody like, Oh, it's national donut day. We'll go get a donut with your kids, you know, mm-hmm. make those memories because that, like you said, that's what they're going to remember. Absolutely. Yes. And, and then, you know, it, it was so funny because my kids talk about those things. Like when, you know, as they're adults, they don't live at home too. My boys don't live at home anymore, but when we get together, those are the things they talk about, <laughs> which is so crazy. But, um, you know, you, you are creating lifelong memories for your kids. So don't let those moments pass you by just because you're stressed out that your to-do list isn't getting done. And you don't have to be perfect because they don't want you to be perfect. They just want you to be who you are. Absolutely. That's a great, great way to end this. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Don. This has been a great conversation. A good way to get the school year started off. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Peggy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out to to have you back on the show. And um, Don has wrote many articles on our the Sped Homeschool blog. So, um, so if you want to check that out, get more encouragement from her, if you just go to spedhomeschool.com and search Don Spence, um, I'll make sure that I share that in the link too in the description. But um, and we've created some memes out of quotes from you, and they always get the highest ratings out of all of the things that we put up there just because Don is so real about what life is like when you homeschool and just, you know, kind of our struggles as moms to to kind of find our place and to accept ourselves for the broken mom that we are that right. is still called <laughs> and equipped to do what God has asked us to do, and that's teach our kids. Yes. So. And don't forget, don't ever hesitate to put yourself in a timeout when you need a break. It's okay. <laughs> that's that's great advice to end with. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. So very, very good. Thank you so much, Don. Um, yeah, so we are going to um, have... We'll be back on our regular schedule next week. Um, so our normal shows are on Tuesdays at 1230 Central. And I'm going to ta- be talking with um, Lindy, Lindsay Levesca, um on purpose-driven homeschool instruction and just how, how do we teach our kids what we really want to teach them <laughs> and what they really should learn and, you know, what, what's most important and, and really focusing on those God-centered goals versus maybe the most worldly-centered goals that the rest of the world is telling us that we need to be teaching them, especially when they struggle. We can get so off kilter um, with with what our kids really need because there's so much coming at us telling us that we need to fix them, correct them, and focus on specific things in their schooling. So I think it's going to be a great, um, another great discussion. So, so hang on next for that next podcast or that next broadcast um, on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. So 
Yeah. Thanks again, Don. I just appreciate and it's always, always fun to chat with you. So I, I enjoyed this hour and um, hope you did too. <laughs> Makes me help me refocus my, my mind, you know. I know sometimes we just speak to ourselves, don't we? Uh, right. I find I I do the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what I needed to hear. And it was words out of my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I look at those memes sometimes. I'm like, I said that? You know, like, yeah. you don't, you have to remind yourself of those things. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are forgetting creatures. God tells us that. And we just, we re- remind ourselves as well as other people do too. So very good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And I'll see you again next time um, here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Until then, God bless and have a great week. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.